In today's episode, I'm joined by Kevin Britton. He is the founder of Runpreneur, and he has set himself a global challenge. He is literally running around the world. And in this episode, I talk about how he freed up the time in his life to be able to do this, to be able to run every single day, and with a goal of raising over £1 million for charity. This is something that I am absolutely proud to be able to support. And adding to that, that Kevin was actually my ex-business partner from Systems and Outsourcing. We're bound to have a lot to talk about, and it's my pleasure to introduce Kevin to you today on this episode. So the question is this, how do entrepreneurs like us who don't have an endless supply of cash, how do we leverage the best apps, virtual assistants, automation tools, and systems to scale our businesses, increase our profits, and have more time to do what we love to do each day? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Dr. Steve Day, and this is Systemize Your Success. Hi, Kevin. Thank you very much indeed for coming along and having a chat with me today. I'm quite excited about this talk for this interview for a number of reasons. Well, I want to, I want to really hear about what you're, you've been up to recently because it sounds utterly amazing. And I've been blown away by following you on social media and what you're achieving uh, and the reasons you're doing it. So I'm going to dive into that shortly. And I think that anyone listening now will be totally blown away by what your challenge you set for yourself uh, over the coming years. Um, but as I said, I'll come to that in a second. I just wanted to first really give you the opportunity to introduce yourself and then a little bit of backstory because we actually have a history and we've known each other for a number of years now. And I wanted to talk a little bit about where we met and how, where you were at then and how you really created this new lifestyle for yourself uh, and get into that. And then we'll come into the amazing work you're doing for a charity at the moment. So please introduce yourself, say hi, and uh, then we'll take, take it from there. Thanks for having me, Steve. Um, I'm Kevin Britton. Um, I used to be Steve's business partner in, in Systems Outsourcing, so we, we know each other. Um, I'm a, I come from a property background, so I'm a landlord by, by trade, and I'm now a running philanthropist is probably the right, the right term for what, what I do. So, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a blast from the past, this uh, back on a Zoom call, Steve. Yeah, yeah, we've spent many, many hours on Zoom calls over the years, so... Uh... Yeah, so let's let's talk about when we first met. So when I first met, you actually one of the you were on the first ever beta course that we ever I ever ran for systems and outsourcing. You were on those brave people that for some reason put your trust in me and and jumped on a very very uh, dodgy sort of uh, course with me, my webcam, and my ideas, and not a lot else to go along with it. But something seemed to work. And um, yeah, do you want to just explain? quickly as well what happened with that and and then how maybe we we end up working together yeah well i mean we we met i can't remember which year it was now several years back now and um you know i'm a pro i was a land i'm a land still a landlord but i was a, a bigger landlord back then i had 96 houses at the time and around 250 tenants and um i built this up from from kind of scratch had a, a team of people in place and um for all of the the glamour that the property industry kind of had it was anything but glamorous it was it was getting involved in maintenance, getting involved with tenant management. I, you know, I was doing 60, 80 hour weeks every week. Um, it was taking over my life. I, I, I hated every minute of it. And um, no, matter, no matter how much money you earn when you earn it, it's, it's, it's never enough um, to, as, a, as a sacrifice for your time. So I was obviously aware of, of, of systemization. There's a lot of people that kind of talked about systemization and the benefits of it, but nobody kind of ever gave you a step-by-step -step plan on how you, how you did it. So um, 
I tried all the different software and apps you can possibly imagine to try and do it myself. I'd had invariable, sometimes a little bit of success, but it would never be sustainable. So it was when I came across you. And um, I don't know how I came across you, to be honest. I think it was, um, I randomly saw a, a video of you on, on Facebook and um, you were talking through Asana. And the reason I, I looked at it is because I'd actually just quit using Asana because I was using it and um, I just obviously had it structured in a really backward way and uh, I'd given up hope with it. So I was looking at other options and I thought, well, I'll just look at this, this video because it was, it was about Asana. And then you talked through um, quite eloquently the, 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 the systems, systems for outsourcing process. And that's where I thought, right, I need to, this, this guy really knows what he's talking about. I need to, to find out how this is working. And if he can run his property portfolio from another country, um, then surely I can do it when most of my properties are only 45 minutes away. So I um, reached out and then um, we obviously went through the first iteration of the Systems for Outsourcing program. And I think you say that it was a bit of a, a back of a fag packet set up at the time, but the process was still very slick. It, the, the process was there. Perhaps the delivery wasn't quite there, but the, the, the principles behind it were, were, very, were very solid. And um, yeah, roll on. I managed to systemize my, my property business from working with yourself so that, you know, I was doing 60, 80 hour weeks. I, I got it down to, I think I was doing about an hour a week at one point where it was, um, I, I got it systemized that much and it really was life-changing. So I, I, I still stand here and thank you for that. Well, it's, I, I always love hearing that story, you know, it just, it, it almost brings tears to my eyes because it's just, it was such an incredible uh, life-changing changing experience for you, as you said, but for me, it was one of the reasons, you are one of the reasons why I decided to go in all in on this and, and this make this my mission in life to actually help as many small business owners as possible do this because I saw what a difference it made you and, you know, some of the other people on, on that first beta. So, you know, I really thank you. And I, and I love the fact we've had this, that we've got this opportunity now to actually just come back and reflect five years later, because just to fill in a, a couple of little gaps, like, Kevin then approached me after doing this and, and freeing himself from his business and, and, and asked, could he get involved? And, and we worked together tirelessly for you know, a couple of years um, of building the company up. And, um, and I'm very grateful for all the help you gave in, in doing that. And then we decided to, to go our separate ways. And I think that brings us seamlessly onto what I really want, the subject, the real subject of this interview. And that is, what are you doing now, Kevin? Like, what is this mission that we talked about before? And, and, and tell us about that because it is, it is just mind blowing. Yeah. Well, I mean, if this goes back to kind of lockdown number one, I mean, we've had so many different lockdowns now it's uh, it's uh, you lose track of them, but um, yeah, I mean, I've always been an avid runner, a keen runner as, as is yourself. And um, I, you know, I was always raising money for children's charities. That was kind of the thing that I wanted to do since having children, obviously you've got, you've got a child and, and it's, it's one of those, you, you see how vulnerable they are and, and you realize how, you know, some children are not as fortunate as, as our children in the, in the, in the environment they live in. Um, I also had a, um, growing up, I had a friend who, who passed away with, with, with myeloma at the age of 11 and, um, seeing not, not, not necessarily his, you know, his, um, the process of, of when he got the illness to when he, he, he passed away, the, the impact I had on everybody around him and his family. And he was incredibly brave and um, he just took it in his stride and he was smiling and happy to the, to, to the day he passed away. And that was, and I always thought at that point, I, I need 
to, to try and find a way to support the, the wonderful charities that support the families and, and the children who, who go through um, situations like that, which, which is why I, and I thought, how would I fundraise? And I used money because it was something that most people kind of fundraise for. It's, it's a very, quite an easy way to fundraise because it's putting yourself through some, some incredibly hard challenges. Um, but what you then find is when you've, you know, when you do your first half marathon, it's a big achievement. You get people donate to you. Uh, when you do your first marathon, even more, you get lots of people um, donate. When you do your first ultra, ultras aren't quite as, as mainstream, mainstream as, as, a, as a marathon, but um, you still get people support you. But when you've done that, and then you go, right, I'm now going to do this, this, this race. People aren't quite as generous. I think you can do that. It's, uh, I'm not, not going to donate to you. So you almost have to go bigger and, and more crazier. And beginning of lockdown one, all of the races that I was, I'd planned, we normally plan a few races per year that I'm going to try and do each year. And um, it was all of them been cancelled. So I thought, right, what am I going to do? I mean, I, I mean I'm, I'm going to run. Um, at the same time, one of my business mentors was trying to get me to, to create content every day for a year. Um, I hate content. I hate social media. Um, have to do a little bit of it, unfortunately, but it's not me at all. So I thought, right, I'll do it, but I'll do it where I'm a bit more comfortable. And I'm always, my, my, my most comfortable place is my running um, place. I just, have, I'm, I'm alone with my thoughts. I'm in nature. I thought if I'm going to do some content, I can do it here. I'll kill two birds with one stone. And then I, I, I came random thread. I came across um, a Facebook in a running community group. There was an old age pensioner and um, it just really resonated with me because he said he'd managed to work out that throughout his running career, he'd run the distance to circumnavigate the world twice. And I thought, right, well, I'm, I'm going to be vlogging every day and running. I'm going to set a crazy challenge. I'm going to try and run on consecutive days whilst vlogging the distance of one lap around the world. I thought that would be the ultimate ultra marathon. And I thought, if I can't get some fundraising support for doing something as crazy as that, then, then, um, I, I don't know. So that's how it was born. Um, my vlog was about entrepreneurship and running. So the brand Runpreneur was formed. Um, we created a charity uh, out of it as well. And the idea was, is that I wanted this to be huge. I, I'm, I'm going to try to raise 1 million pounds, which is a huge amount of money. And, um, I'm not going to donate it all to one charity. I wanted to be able to cover, the whole spectrum of issues affecting children on a global scale. So I chose initially six charities to support that I had some kind of connection with through, through my life. And I, I know that the good they do. And the charities were Great Ormond Street Hospital, um, Children with Cancer UK, BBC Children in Need, Operation Orphan, Internet Watch Foundation, and Fab Kids. And um, I have a, a different connection with each of them and I know the works they do. Um, and more recently, I've added long COVID kids to it because my eldest child has had COVID. Unfortunately, he's, he's been suffering with long COVID since September. So, um, so I, I added that to the mix. And the idea was it's all the money that I raised would be equally dispersed among those seven charities. And the, the aim would be to say, you know what, we've saved children's lives. And, and, uh, and I know by putting it to those seven charities where we cover the whole spectrum of issues affecting children, um, we would make that difference. So. Um, I'm now 626 days in, some 5,300 kilometers uh, along the way. I'm averaging eight and a half kilometers a day. Um, I've run in every possible weather condition you can possibly imagine. Um, and uh, in terms of to visualize how far I've run in that period of time, 
we started in London in the UK. I'm about on the Chinese border. So it's uh, I'm an eighth of the way around the world. Um, my aim is to finish on my 50th birthday. I turned 40 in two weeks time. So, uh, so it's, it was, it's a 12 and a half year challenge basically. Um, which is hopefully we will get to that amazing figure the longer this goes to raise a million pounds and to say, you know what, we, we genuinely made a difference. I say we, because I do have some, some of the team, team around in my, in my businesses that help with the social media and, and help me you know, publish what I'm doing um, as I find it a very painful process with the social media side of things. <laughs> so hopefully that explains. And a, a loving, enduring wife to help you support you as well, no doubt. Yeah, the washing is vast, honestly. It's, it's brutal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's fantastic. Um, I, I love that analogy of running from here to China. You know, even if it has taken a couple of months to do it, it's still bloody impressive. So yeah, absolutely hats off to you. Um, and the, the thing I really want to touch on as well, because um, you know, I've been keeping a track of what you've been up to over the uh, over the past couple of years. And um, one cool thing you did was to to get a Guinness Book of Records and or get in the Guinness Book of Records, I should say. So tell us about that because I think it's brilliant. Yeah, so we, we thought long and hard about how we're going to get some some publicity and some PR, and we thought, right, let's try and break some Guinness World Records as part of this of this of this challenge because everyone loves a Guinness World Record. So. Um, it all started where I thought, right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll run London Marathon. I'll, I'll run it in fancy dress. So I'll try and get a, a fancy dress um, world record. And I was looking through all of the um, the different costumes um, on the Guinness World Records um, website, and I was trying to find one that you know what the time was beatable, but the costume wasn't too brutal. So I thought, ah, oh, ninja, that would be perfect. And I thought it kind of linked with my oriental um, genes. So I thought, right, well, we'll go, we'll go, we'll go with ninja. And then, um, then the small print came through, and it was. I mean, the costume brutal. I had to wear barefoot style foot, split toe barefoot style footwear. So when I was training for this, I've done the whole of these 626 days so far barefoot style as well. So it's um, which not actually barefoot, but in Vibrams. So they're like toe gloves, basically foot gloves, um, which may, it is a completely different sport. If, you, if you've not run barefoot style before, it, you know the, the the stress and duress that goes through calf muscles and Achilles in particular. Because without going into too much detail, a typical um, running trainer has maybe two to three centimeters of heel support, where barefoot style you get zero. <laughs> so your Achilles and calf muscle are stretching extra two to three centimeters every stride. And um, it doesn't sound a lot, but you, you do endurance activities like that. You uh, had six calf tears where I was where I was when I was making the year-long transition to, to being a barefoot runner. So then we came to the London Marathon. I managed to break the, the Guinness World Record for uh, the fastest male marathon runner dressed as a ninja. Uh, I had, had to beat four hours and 14. I did it in three hours, 55. And then a few months later, I thought I can't be the fastest male marathon runner dressed as a ninja um, without being the fastest half marathon male runner dressed as a ninja. So I broke that record as well. It was a, um, I had to break, beat one hour, 55, and I ran it in one out of 39. So, uh, yeah, two-time Guinness world record holder for being the fastest running ninja. There you go. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah. You know, telling me that or speaking about your, um, problems about transitioning to, uh, barefoot running. Cause I did the same thing. But I think, I think when we met, actually, you hadn't started that. It, it was, uh, I'd only been doing it for a year or so. I think when, when we actually met, um, but it was a painful long experience. It was something like, you know, I read a couple of books on it and I started doing it and it was like, I used to go running for maybe 10 kilometers. I wasn't a big runner back then. And, um, I had to go back to sort of running like one kilometer 
and then stopping and walking because otherwise you end up injured. And so, yeah, you know, hats off you for doing it and keeping at it as well. I still use uh, low profile shoes, but I've actually uh, don't really run in the barefoot uh, so much anymore. Maybe because my distances have got longer, but it's just becomes pretty painful when you uh, get over 50K. But anyway, cool. Um, Another thing I want to touch on, which uh, again, I've seen this plastered all over social media. So your team, as you said before, with your social media uh, are doing a good job because I keep on getting popped up all about your red challenge. So tell us a bit about that and what that's all about and how people can get involved. Yeah, so we, we then decided like another idea is, is trying and get people involved. I thought, you know, affiliate marketing, if you get people that kind of um, support what we do and can kind of post on my behalf, it, it can make a difference. But what I realized from running 626 days straight is that the benefits to me have been vast, um, predominantly mentally. Um, I think we have an incredibly you know, stressful life for most of us. Um, I think all of us do. It's all relative to, to our situations. But I find that you need a release mechanism to relieve that stress. Otherwise, it builds up, it festers. And, and, and I think someone once said that pressure, pressure bursts pipes and um, the pipe being used. So if you don't release that pressure on a, on a, on a regular basis, you, you can end up having a, a mental breakdown. I think that happens to a, to a lot of people. Or some people try to do it, use the wrong way of, of, of de-stressing, like maybe drinking or binge eating and things like that, which can have negative effects from a health perspective. So I thought, well, I wanted to share this story in, in this journey because I'm not saying that everybody should go and run every single day because red stands for the acronym for, for run every day and it's, it's quite a common thread in, in, in running but you get people that are very pro run every day and you get people that are very negative run every day because obviously if you push yourself too hard you can get injured and um, and that's no good for, for anybody so i wanted the, the red challenge to be run or walk at least a mile every day um, for either 30, 90 or 365 days to, for people to positively impact their lives through um, exercise and daily movement, movement being the key word. So, so if you, if you want to run every day, great, but if you don't just walk a mile, at least walk a mile because that you still get the same mental benefits from walking as you do running. I know you don't perhaps get the same physical benefits from walking as you do running, but you, you would get them. And the, the idea was it's, it's about helping people through these very difficult times. I know we're coming out of the back end of, 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 the, of the COVID lockdowns now, but the, the mental health tsunami that, that, that COVID has created, um, I think that was a really good thing to do. And we had, I think we've got about 100 people that got involved with, with, with that. Um, the success rate wasn't the highest. There's a lot of people that kind of gave away, but a lot of people made it to the 30-day milestone. We do have some hardened people that have gone past the 90s and they're going towards the, the kind of six-monthly milestone um, and, and onwards. But um but the, the the overwhelming feedback was is that people were were, were realizing how how they benefited their mental health by by daily movement and um, and that was the, the goal. So we, we keep doing one every every few months to try and get more and more people involved. But just to just to get that message out there because um, if you don't have a release mechanism, it, it, it catches up with you at some point. Yeah, totally. Um... I can't. Yeah. I just agree with you hundred percent. You know, I've, I've been running all my life and not all my life, most of my adult life, I should say, uh, since my mid twenties. And, um, I think the the times that I don't, I massively affects me and, you know, whatever reason kicks in work, stress, whatever, and you can slip out of that habit and whether your habit is running or walking or cycling or, just, you know, going, going outdoors and just being with your kids or whatever it is, but actually having some time set aside, even if it's not every day, but like 
most days and having that mental release is just so important. Um, and one of the things I do, I mean, this is really, um, back to, I think when I started doing this probably about three or four years ago now, uh, about three years ago, I think it was, um, I started going skiing on a Friday afternoon, a Friday daytime, um, I live in Sweden. So I'm like two and a half hours from the slopes. And so I made the decision that not every single week, because if I've got a balanced childcare with my wife and she works really, really hard in the beginning of the year, which is when the skiing is. And, um, but whenever I could, I would get on a bus and I would go skiing and I'd make the most of it. And I used to get some work done on the way there, get some of the work, work done on the way, work on the way back, but I'd have a day on the slopes. And it, that to me is just like the biggest release. I come back like energized and just like, it's just a dream come true for me. Living, growing up in Manchester, I mean, I was miles from the sea, miles from the mountains, you know, and, I, and I've always loved both those things. So now I live in Sweden and Stockholm, I'm, I'm near to both. So I want to make the most of it. And I think that one of the, the key things that I, I carried on was when I stopped doing that uh, scheme because the, the snow melts, it's like, well, I've now got my Fridays free. I've booked them out. So why bother restarting that? So I still do that even to this day. And it may be that I actually just get some stuff done because it's like finishing stuff off and making, giving myself a really good, uh, clean head for the weekend. Or I spend that time going running during the summer often do like a big, you know, a big, I, I like big long run. So I do four, five hour, six hour run sometimes on, on a Friday. And, and I think that is one of the, the, the challenges. And the reason I bring this up is because people often use the excuse, I don't have time. And time is just a mindset. And I work harder on Wednesday, Thursdays, and Fridays, sorry, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, so that on Friday, I never book anything. It's not saying I never work on a Friday, but I never have to work on a Friday. And that gives me the option and the time to say, no, nope, I'm going to take a few hours out and do something for me. And I think that that's an easy way to, for people to think, oh, you know, I can't do it every day. Well, Actually, it's just about booking a meeting with yourself, isn't it? It's about saying, this is important. And I'm going to blot this time out every day, every other day, every Friday, like, like I do. And I'm not going to get anything, let anything touch that. And then that's how you can actually find that time. It's just about actually committing to it. Yeah, and I think that's um, it's really, really important. I think it's what, what happiness is so important. And, and um, it's when people understand what makes them happy. I mean, I, I see you on social media and you, you always seem as... as as happy as they come when they're on slopes, and and so why would you ever not do that? And I think when when people actually realise what happiness is to them, and it's a hard question to answer for a lot of people. Um, it, it's sometimes it's it's it's, it's very seldom is it is it linked to money or, or, or chasing that shiny penny. It's it's actually the more intrinsic things in life, which 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 is spending time with people, having time to do to do things. With, with your loved ones and, and I think it's so so important you, you, you put that in and I think it's uh, it's amazing you've done that because um, I know how hard you work and I think um, if, if anybody deserves to have that time back and you've got all the systems and processes in place to do it so it was almost it was almost a mindset shift for you wasn't it to, to kind yeah. of actually not feel guilty because I think guilt is another thing people think but, but it's not guilt is, is self-created in many instances I mean you know you you, you live to you, you know you you work to live, not live to work. And I think that's really, really important. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think you've hit on the head with me. Uh, I do, you know, I have worked very hard. I still do work very hard. I never pretend that I don't, but I have uh, a work-life balance now that makes me happy, doesn't stress me out. I, I, I love what I do for my work, but I used to really struggle with not working. And, you know, even at the weekends, it was, I always felt that I was like, letting my business down. And even if that was actually at the cost of my family, and that's the real like horrible thing that 
that you can get into that trap of, of not seeing almost the wood for the trees. It's like, what's so, what, what is the most important thing? I, I was running the business to have more time with my family in the future. But in doing that, I was actually end up neglecting, not neglecting, but not being there as I, as much as I could be and should be probably for my family when, when my, when my son was very young. And, and yeah, like you say, it's, it's a mindset shift. I think a lot of business owners struggle with that balance between yeah, feeling guilt for not spending time with the family and then guilt for not spending time with the business. And you've got to get that balance right. And I think that's one of the hardest things that we can learn as, as, as entrepreneurs. And I think that both uh, yourself and, and I hope myself um, seems to have got that balance right now. And I know for both of us, it's not always been the case. So, yeah. Cool. Kevin, tell me about how people can get involved. How can we donate this fantastic effort and charity that you're doing um and yeah how can we find out more about it if we want to well the uh, the website is challenge.rompreneur.co you can't you can spell it there it's, it's not the easiest way <laughs> be, be in the show notes as well with with links to uh, no brilliant and it's .co not .co.uk just .co i know it's a crazy url but all of the information is on there um we also wanted to make sure that anybody who's supporting us is um is is sustainable because the one thing i was very very aware of is that you know covid was affecting people's lives but also people's livelihoods and i always wanted to make sure that any form of fundraising i did was was going to be sustainable for people so we we kind of came up with this campaign called um caffeine for kevin and the idea behind it was if people could just afford to donate you know a, a price of a cup of coffee now it could be a cheap cup of coffee for a pound or it could be an expensive cup of coffee for five pounds but but um, or anywhere in between if they could just afford to donate that once a month makes a huge difference because my challenge is such a long, long challenge. The duration goes on for 12 and a half years. So, uh, you know, when you do the maths, you know, the, the one pound or the two pound or the five pound is, is a monumental difference um, to, 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 to the challenge, but it's probably something that a lot of people won't notice as well. I think it's 8,000 one pound donations would get me there. 4,000 two-pound two, two donations, you know, 2,000 five-pound donations, and so on. So it, it makes the, the figure so much more achievable. Uh, and I think it's a nice way for people to donate. And the other thing that I really wanted to do was knowing that, you know, the people donating are going to be affecting all of the issues affecting children on a global scale rather than a singular one. So I used to donate to various children's charities and I always said, I'd love to just donate once and it gets dispersed equally among the, the charities I wanted to support. And that's what I wanted to do through, through the Run for No Challenge. So, um, yeah, thank, thanks so much, Steve. I'll, I'll give you all the details. And if anybody wants to, to support me in that, it would be hugely appreciated. People can do singular donations as well, but the, the little small teeny tiny ones that people won't notice are the ones that make the biggest difference. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, I will be contributing as well. I haven't so far and I'll admit, be the first to admit that, but I will. Um, it's, it's been on my to-do list and uh, you've now obviously speaking to you today is just giving me that kick that I need to actually get this done. So um, hopefully other people will follow my lead and join in supporting you on what is a really impressive monumental challenge you set for yourself and you know just like put this in perspective i've tried to run every day before and i'm a, i'm a keen runner i've run 100k runs before 100 kilometer runs yeah i i've never been able to sustain running every day for more than a month so to do it for 600 odd days or whatever on the trot and be you know only an eighth of the way through I mean, that's just fantastic. So I really, really hold my hat off to you as a, as a fellow runner, as a business owner, knowing that the challenges that both those things uh, bring to doing something like this and trying to avoid injury and all the rest of it. So yeah, really, really hats off, mate. 
brilliant, brilliant work. And I'm really happy to support you uh, doing this. And, and I hope getting this episode out will encourage other people to get involved because you, you know, Kevin is totally just to really emphasize Kevin, I've known him for about five years now from way before I met him, he's been donating uh, to children's charities. As he said before, he's run you know, every run he did. He would be a massive campaigning. He supported fab, uh, it's a fab kids uh, for, for a, a long time, like all the runs you were doing and stuff. And um, so this is not just some, uh, you know, marketing stunt. This is not something that Kevin is doing for any other reason than genuinely a desire to help kids. And he's, and he's held that for many, many years. So I just want to emphasize that because it's so important that people know this is a, something that you are passionate about and you will see this through. I have no doubt about it. So congratulations. And it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks so much, Steve. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining me and listening to this episode. I'm well aware there are hundreds of great business podcasts out there and you chose to listen to this one. And for that, I am truly grateful. Hopefully what you heard today took you one step closer to building a successful business so you can share your passion with the world and serve an ever-growing number of people. If you got value out of today's episode, then so will someone else you know. By sharing with others what has helped you along your way, you will grow your influence and be the guy or girl that everybody wants to know. So please hit the share button right now and also remember to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss future episodes. It's impossible for me to cover absolutely everything in these podcasts. So please do head over to systemizeyoursuccess.com right now and download the show notes, transcriptions and some of my best frameworks and systems for free. Thanks again for tuning in and being a part of this amazing community. Until next time, this is Dr. Steve Day and you've been listening to Systemize Your Success. Your Success.